Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Uh, Today we are in part 13 of a series that we are processing through the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is the early church mission to reach the world. Jesus has ascended to heaven, and he's left them with this mandate. Two things. One, he says, go to Jerusalem and wait. Don't leave Jerusalem until the promise comes. We find out right away in the book of Acts that this promise is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand today, the Holy Spirit is applicable to our lives today. There are some that would try to convince you that the old that the Bible is only or the Holy Spirit is only for those during Bible time and it's not for today but I want you to know I need all that God is in my life. I need God the Father with me every day. I need God the Son, Jesus, with me every day. I need the Holy Spirit just to go to Walmart. Come on, somebody. We need all that God is, and the Holy Spirit is applicable to our lives. And the Bible says in Acts 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We receive that power, why? So that we can be witnesses, to reach the lost, to share the good news, to fulfill this mandate, this calling that Jesus gave to go into all the world and share the good news with everyone. Aren't you glad that somebody took the time to tell you about Jesus? Now here's the deal. It's our responsibility now. It's your responsibility now that you've given your life to Christ, that you've surrendered yourself to him. It's your responsibility and your opportunity to take that good news and share it with the world around you. Well, pastor, you don't know the group of people I work with. They're jerks. They need Jesus. They're hard to talk to. They need Jesus. They're troublemakers. They need Jesus. Whatever response you come up with, my answer is going to be the same. They need Jesus. Because before you came to Jesus, before you surrendered your life to him, before you asked Jesus to come into your heart and into your life, some of you were pretty far off track. Someone just said he was a jerk. You weren't talking about me. No. Okay, just making sure. Okay, just wasn't sure what was happening here. But yeah, Jesus is the answer. And we see the early church embracing this calling to go and make disciples. And the Holy Spirit is showing up in every circumstance. He's changing hearts and lives. We've got early disciples that at one point could not even stand up for Jesus, could not even admit that they were his followers, suddenly addressing crowds and thousands upon thousands are coming to know Christ simply because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The good news of Jesus is being shared now, not just to the Jews, God's chosen people, but now you and I, the Gentile, the non-Jew, we have an opportunity to come into this loving relationship with God. Why? Because God so loves the world. God so loves you. 
God so loves your coworker. God so loves your family. God so loves that person across town on the other side of the world. God so loves the world that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And last week we were faced with this challenge. Are we going to accept or reject this call by God to be sent for the sole purpose of reaching the lost and populating heaven for the glory of God? But what strikes me over and over throughout the book of Acts and in and through the early church is that this theme of multiply, that's our word for the year, multiply is repeated over and over and over. The Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. The great thing about this is the fact that God uses and he chooses to use people like you and like me to fulfill his purpose, his calling in life to reach the world. He chooses to use us, though we have faults, those we, though we have shortcomings in life, though we don't always make the wisest choices, for some reason or another, he chooses to use you and me to fulfill that mission to reach the world for him. And now here we are, Acts chapter 14. And right out of the gate, it says this, the same thing is happening in Iconium. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, the same thing. The same thing is happening in Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. What is this same thing that is happening. It's the fact that Paul and Barnabas continued to speak with boldness and authority as they stepped out in faith to further the kingdom of God. But let me ask you this question. Was it always easy for them? No. Absolutely not. In fact, this trend of great response followed by persecution, was sort of the pattern that they experienced as they went from town to town sharing of the good news of Christ. Yet by faith, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they continue to step out to pursue this calling by God to multiply the good news of Christ. Now, we know that it wasn't necessarily easy for Paul and Barnabas and the rest of the early believers, but let me ask you a personal question. Is God calling you to be the church only when it's easy? I mean, did he say to the early church, did he say, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to tell everyone everywhere what I have done for them. I want you to share the good news of Christ. But here's the, the clause. You only have to do that when it's easy. You only have to do that if you don't think there's going to be opposition. You don't have to do it if you're scared. No, 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 no. You don't have to worry about it if you're concerned. He doesn't say that, does he? 
But he lays out this, this mandate, this command to go and make disciples. In other words, to raise up other believers and other followers. In fact, he says that we're going to have difficulty in life. John 16, says, in this life you will have problems. You're going to have problems. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to face opposition. In fact, the Bible also says that there will be people that hate you because of Christ. Now that's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> Why would somebody hate you because of Christ? I mean, this is good news. Why would somebody hate you because of good news? That doesn't make sense. It's simply because the world doesn't understand the good news of Christ. Right? In fact, I've shared this story before, but there's several new here today that I want to share it again. Several years ago when I was a young pastor, I was a youth pastor, I took a group of teenagers to Springfield to a discipleship camp. And in the midst of all of this discipleship, one of our opportunities that week was to go into the city of Springfield and go into this community. We would pull a little wagon, and one wagon would have bottles of water. This was mid-July, I believe it was, and had bottles of water. So we were giving free bottles of water to people in the community, people that were out in the yard working on things. We give them water, and other people had other trailers that were empty, and we were dragging them along, and we were picking up trash from the neighborhood, limbs and sticks and garbage, different things and putting them on the wagon. We're trying to clean up the neighborhood and just share the love of Christ. We got about halfway through our day and the oddest thing happened. Suddenly police lights came on right beside us. Police officer got out of his car and he said, looked at us and he said, well, can I ask you what you all are doing here in the neighborhood today? I said, we're simply going around. It's hot outside today, so we're, we're going around and we're giving free bottles of water to people and we're picking up their trash. He said, that's all you're doing? We're literally just getting, in fact, do you want a water? We're giving water and we're picking up trash. He said, well, I don't understand. The people in the community are complaining that you guys are out here doing this. See, people don't understand grace. People don't understand goodness. We, we can't comprehend that. So the Bible says that people are going to hate you because of the good news of Christ. So you're going to face opposition. I'll tell you straight out of the gate, folks. You're going to face opposition as you share the good news of Christ. But does that mean that you stop sharing? No, because the, the benefit outweighs the struggle. Come on. That the benefits outweighs the struggle. In other words, eternal life, someone radically being changed, somebody turning themselves around, someone getting free from an addiction, a family being brought together, a life that was once in bondage now being free, is so much greater than the struggle that I face over here. We're called by God to go and make disciples, to share the good news of Christ with everyone, and we want God to show up. We want God to, to meet our needs. We want God to, to face, uh, show up in our struggles and our difficulties and our problems in life. But the problem is, we don't always have the faith to believe that He can use us to reach the world. 
It was Pastor Tim Timberlake that once said this, if your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it will not be strong enough to move your mountain. If your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it won't be strong enough to move your mountain. So why is it we call out God, meet my need, God, meet my need, God, meet my need. But when he says go, we step back and go, I don't think so. You see, today I want to look at this life a life of consistency because I believe it's time for the church to step out in faith. I believe it's time for we, the church, we, the followers of Christ, to begin to be the church and not just hang out in church. You see, hanging out in church is easy. Being the church takes commitments. So I want to look at four considerations of a journey with Jesus. Number one is this. Take really good notes this morning. Are you consistent in your walk with God? Are you consistent in your walk with God? Now, I'm not talking about spiritually consistent. I'm not talking about the fact that you, you fail, you struggle, or you don't fail and don't struggle. But what I'm talking about is on a regular occurrence, on a regular basis, are you putting action to your faith? Are you putting action in this journey with Jesus? You see, in verse 3, we are told that they were boldly preaching the Word of God. In verse 8, they were stepping out in faith, performing miracles in the name of Jesus, fully giving God all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In verse 23, they were faithfully listening to and following the voice of God. This wasn't something new. They were consistent. It's what they did. In fact, verse 1 said the same thing was happening that happened before, chapters before, communities before. Over and over, there was a consistency in the life of Paul and the life of Barnabas. The identical things that were happening previously are happening once again. Faithful followers of Jesus were boldly stepping out, were boldly sharing the news of what Jesus has done in their lives. And I wonder, has Jesus done something in your life that's worthy of you telling somebody? Let me ask that again because I would venture to say that more than just Bob has had something incredible happen. Has God done something in your life? Has Jesus done something in your life that's worthy of you telling somebody about? Then it's time for us, we, the church, we, the followers of Christ, to get up and stop being silent. It's time for us to get outside of these walls. It's time for us to face our community. It's time for us to embrace our coworkers. It's time for us to go into the neighborhoods. It's time for us to stop being fearful. It's time for us to put action to our faith. They were consistent in their walk. Galatians chapter 6 says this, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. 
Let's not get tired. One translation says, let's not allow ourselves to be fatigued of doing good. You see, the choice is yours. How are you going to respond to this call by God? Will your life follow a consistent daily walk? The Bible says if we want to be his followers, we must do what? Deny ourselves daily, take up our cross, and follow him. Deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow him. It's a daily decision. It's a regular choice. It's consistency in our lives. Or are we satisfied with just going through the motions? Just coming in and doing church? Standing when it's time to stand, clap when it's time to clap. When I say repeat after me, you actually do it. Are we satisfied with that? Well, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 13 says this, quit your religious charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. Quit your worship charades. Church, it's time for us to stop playing the games. You and you alone have a choice as to the level of consistency or lack thereof that you have in your life. But grab a hold of this. Any amount of inconsistency in your life, it, it lowers the standard, it lowers that bar that God has set for you. So I urge you, as the King James says, I beseech thee, brethren. I urge you today, raise that bar, tighten up the inconsistencies, focus in on what God has said before you, and don't allow the enemy to distract you away from what God has placed in your path. Again, Tim Timberlake says this, when your focus is broken, it may begin to look like opportunities. When your focus is broken, it may begin to look like opportunities. What does that mean? That means Satan may take you on a, a false opportunity. He may take you down the wrong path and raise up things saying, this is what you should do, when in actuality, that's not what God is calling you to do. So how do you know the difference? You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You lean not on your understanding, but on his understanding. He'll direct your paths. When you fail to have wisdom and direction, what do you do? You seek after God, and out of his abundance of mercy, out of his abundance of knowledge, he'll bestow that, he'll give that to you. The church, it's time for us to stop leaning upon ourselves. It's time for us to stop depending upon ourselves. It's time for us to stop focusing in on ourselves and begin to focus on the things of God and the path that he's laid before us. We'll talk more about distractions in just a moment. But grab a hold of this. If you are not careful, the enemy, Satan, he will take that smallest amount of inconsistency that you have in your life, and he'll lead you down a direction of absolute opposition to the plans, 
and the purpose that God has for you. See, the very first consideration that we've got to understand is, are we consistent in our walk with Christ? Are we moving forward on a regular basis on the things that God has laid before us? The second consideration is this. Discord distracts and divides God's church. Discord distracts and divides God's church. Now, Paul and Barnabas, they were seeing God do some absolutely amazing things. And here's what I've discovered. Anytime that God is doing incredible things, Satan is not happy. Right? Anytime that God is showing up, anytime that lives are being changed, anytime the lives are being restored and revival is breaking out, anytime the presence of God is real, the enemy doesn't want you to succeed in that. In fact, he wants to destroy you in that moment. So he will do everything in his power to throw kinks in your plan. He throws distractions and obstacles. Now remember, we just talked about it. If our focus is broken, those little distractions, you know, the one that the enemy places in your path, it could possibly begin to look like an opportunity. And we see that happening in verse 4 of chapter 14. It says, but the people in the town were divided in their opinion about them. Let me pause. Verse 1 said the same thing was happening that was happening in Iconium that the Paul and Barnabas were preaching with boldness and a great number of people were coming to know Christ. So you have this great move of the Spirit. You have lives being radically changed. And just four verses later, four verses later, it says the town people were divided in their opinion. Some of them sided with the Jews and some of them with the apostles. There's this discrepancy. There's a discord, a divisiveness going on. The religious folk of the day, along with some of the Gentiles, they rose up in opposition against the plan that God had to transform the world through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, now some of the religious leaders, no doubt, they thought that they were doing God a favor. We're helping God in this moment. We're doing what's right. Again, if you're in doubt, you don't know which way to go. I want to challenge you. Seek after the things of God. Turn to God. Allow him to lead you and guide you. They thought they were helping him out, but their focus was simply broken. I want to speak to you today and encourage you, don't allow your focus to be skewed. Don't allow your focus to be skewed by the enemy. See the mission. Pursue the mission. Embrace the mission. Don't become an asset to the enemy by allowing yourselves to bring discord and disunity into the church, into the body of Christ. Proverbs chapter 6 reminds us that someone that causes trouble and brings discord into the church participates in that which the Lord not only detests, but he hates. 
Titus says, have nothing to do with such an individual. Ephesians goes on to say it this way. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So that the words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. I wonder, the words that you speak, are they an encouragement to those around you? The words that you speak, do they help to promote the things of God or are they causing discord and division in the church? Don't allow these inconsistencies to have a front row seat in this journey that you're moving through in life. Matthew chapter 15 says it this way, but the words you speak come from the heart That's what defiles you. In other words, at the very core of who you are, you've allowed such inconsistency to take place that at the very core of your existence lies this inconsistency. And now that comes out of the mouth and that begins to defile who you are as an individual. It corrupts you. It taints you. It takes your life off the course that God has. I want to encourage you, check your focus today. It's kind of like when you go to the eye doctor. They put those little things in front of your eyes, and they're like this, better or worse. Come on, right? Now, sometimes it's tough because they're the same. I don't see a difference, doc. I don't see a difference between 1 and 2, A and B, whatever you call them. They're still the same, right? In your spiritual life, it's those moments to say, God, lead me. God, direct me. God, help me to be who you've called me to be. Why? Because discord distracts and divides God's church. Consideration number three is this. The actions of a Christian must point others to Jesus. Grab a hold of that. The action of a Christian. In other words, the moment you say, Lord, come into my heart and come into my life, your responsibility from that day forward is to point others Toward Jesus. And here's what I've discovered. Your life is going to do one of two things. It is either going to promote the things of God and aid in pointing others to Jesus, or it's going to become a distraction that ultimately damages the focus of those around you. The choice is yours. Your life is going to do one or two things. It's either going to bring people to Christ or lead them away from Christ. There's no middle ground in this. Jesus himself said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. At least you know where you stand. Again, church, it's time to quit playing charades. It's time to quit playing the religious game. It's time to get hot or cold for the things of God. It's time to pursue this this calling that God has laid before us. It's time for us to promote the things of God and aid in pointing others to Jesus. The choice is yours. Now for Paul and Barnabas, up to this moment, man, they have been faithful. They have been consistent. But now they have a choice. We get to verse 8, and something begins to happen. Suddenly, uh, people begin to notice that, man, God is using these guys in incredible ways. 
that things are really happening, and so they have a choice. How are we going to respond to the, the attention being drawn to us in this moment? We'll take a look. Verse 8. While they were in Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening to Paul preach. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, These men are gods in human form! They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside of the town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flour to the town's gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard what was happening, they tore their clothes in dismay and ran out among the people shouting, Friends, what are you doing? We are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God. Now, I've discovered something in life. It's so easy when we begin to accomplish things, when something good is happening and people begin to take notice. It's easy for us people to begin to gloat, to absorb that praise, to exalt ourselves, to rise in self-promotion. But we must remember that as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, all that we do and all that we say must be done with the sole purpose of promoting the things of God. Colossians chapter 3 says, let every detail in your lives. Look at your neighbor this morning. Say, every detail. Let every detail of your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Church, I want you to understand that our lives, your life, it must never stoop to the place of distracting someone away from the things of God. Again, your life is going to do one of two things. Either bring people to a relationship with Christ, point people to Jesus, or distract them away from Jesus. I never want my life to be somebody's excuse to avoid Christ. We must never stoop to the place of distracting others away from the things of God. Our goal, your goal, my goal, should always be to promote Jesus at every and any given opportunity. Because here's our fourth consideration. How quickly the enemy can deceive. Have you noticed that? Man, he can derail us that quick. Perhaps you've known that person that 
Man, they seem to be on fire for God. They seem to be going in the right direction. Then a short time later, they're living a life that is in direct opposition of the life they once claimed to have. Have you, have you met that person? Sure. We all have. How did that happen? It's because the enemy is the king of deception. He's the father of lies. His goal, Satan's goal, John 10.10 tells us, is to steal, kill, and destroy. So how do we counteract that? You seek after God. Jesus said his purpose is to give life and to give it all of its fullness. So what do we do? We, we, we turn to the things of God in those moments. For some of you, you're sitting here in the house and, and suddenly it's coming to your understanding, man, I've been deceived. I've allowed this detail or that detail to, to take me off track, to, to lead me where I didn't need to go. And it's time for me to change my focus and turn back to God. See, Jesus came to give you life and to give it in all of its fullness. For Satan, if he can deceive a Christian, he'll not only defeat that person, but perhaps defeat generation after generation after generation to come. Verse 19 says this, Then some of the Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium, and one of the crowds to their side. In other words, they came in and they caused division. They caused things that weren't of God. And they stoned Paul and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. What does it mean that they stoned Paul? They, they took rocks. They began to throw these rocks at him. Sole purpose was to kill him. So they threw these rocks in attempts to kill him. In fact, they thought he was dead and they dragged him out of town. But I look at this scripture and I'm a little thrown off. It said these people came in from outside and they won the crowd to their side. But wasn't this the same crowd that just a few verses earlier thought that Paul and Barnabas were gods? Wasn't this the same crowd that was all about what Paul and Barnabas were doing? Now, sure, they were still a little misled there. They didn't understand that it was God Almighty, the one true God that was doing this. But now they, they've jumped from there over here in attempts to kill Paul. What changed? I believe it's the fact that the enemy sowed a seed of deception. He sowed a deceptive distraction that broke the focus of the crowd that day. Church, we live in a world and a culture that is eager and ready to feed you a seed of deception. Let me say that again. Some of you need to let that sink in because you've been watching too much TikTok. You've been reading too much Facebook. You've been gaining too much quote-unquote, knowledge from social media. Some of you need to get off that trash. Come on. 
There's a lot of junk stirring out there. People pulling things out of context and saying this is the Word of God. No, it's not. Don't allow the enemy to sow a seed of deception in your mind. Stay rooted in the things of God. Stay founded upon the Word of God. Allow God to lead you and guide you. In fact, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You, you hide God's Word in your life. You spend time in the presence of God Almighty. Some of you today, you've allowed the enemy to sow a seed of deception. Some of you think maybe I'm too, you're too far gone. You're going down the wrong path, and I want you to know God sees you where you are, and He loves you. Your condition, your current condition, does not have to be your conclusion. It's time to fix your focus. It's time to remove the inconsistencies. It's time to pick up that cross and follow after Christ. It's time to allow your life to reflect the things of God and be intentional in your faith. I don't know where you are, but I know where God is. He's standing at the door of your life. And he's simply saying this to you. Will you follow me? Will you daily follow me? Will you regularly follow me? Not just on a Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. Not just when no one else is around. But when the road gets difficult, will you follow me? When the opposition rises, will you follow me? When the enemy throws his darts your direction, will you follow me? See, we have a choice to make. I'm grateful for Paul and Barnabas. I'm grateful for the example that they set for you and for me. But if all we do is leave it as a great story and a great example and don't apply it, then we're wasting God's word. The Bible says that we are not just to be a hearer of his word, but we are to be a doer of his word. Oftentimes when Jesus demonstrated something to his early followers, the disciples, he followed it up by saying this, now that you have seen me do this, go and do it. Church, I will say this to you. Now that we've seen this occur, now that we've seen the church rise up, it's time for us to go and do it. It's time to reset the focus. It's 
time to pick up the cross. It's time to follow after Jesus. Would you pray with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.